with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Bind us together. Bind us together with love. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can you stand together with me as we turn to the book of Genesis chapter 18? And we're going to look at the prophecy of Abraham that spoke of uh, this end time and end time plans of God. And, and um, so let us just look at this today as we prayerfully ask God to minister to us through the word. Genesis 18 verse 1, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the, toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Then I'd like to turn to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 17. We'll read there from verse 26. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And then I would like you to turn with me also to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we will read from verse 4, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flame and fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. May God bless you. You can be seated. Well, we read some very interesting scriptures, and not only that, but prophecies of the last day, because the Bible tells us as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. 
And then we see just before Sodom burned in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 1 through 3 that we read that Abraham received a visitation from the Almighty God. And there in this appearing here, when he looked up and he was watching for him to come, remember, he was, he was the eyes that was looking out the tent, representing the church, because we have had prophetic eyes in this day to be able to identify the coming of the Lord and, and the appearing of Christ among us. And so, uh, again, as he looked there, remember, he could now see another appearing of the Almighty. The, uh, God had appeared as, as Elohim and, and as uh, revealed himself as Jehovah and the divine call. And then he would again, once again, show himself as Melchizedek and then come again and, and identify himself as the Almighty God or El Shaddai. But regardless of what, how many manifestations of, of God that Abraham saw, he knew always it was the same Lord. So he, when he sees uh, this appearing, he knows, even though he sees three, he knows there is but one Lord. And so he, I, he says, my Lord, if I've now found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy from thy servants. So it tells us now that, of course, this is God changing his mask. It's the same God all the time. He is just changing his mask. Now, we're going to take this one step further as I spoke on the Godhead and God changing his mask the last time I spoke on this a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to, we're going to speak on the mask, use my dust. Now, as we're looking at this, Luke 17, 30 tells us that as it was in the days of Lot, you know, God with flame and fire took vengeance on the Sodomites who knew not God. And, and then he said, thus he said, so shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. So the Son of Man we know is the Word. So here in the end time when the Word is restored and the Son of Man, Christ, is revealed from heaven with his holy angels, we know that it's at that time the fire is going to fall. And we're living in the day when, of course, that we're right on the verge of the destruction of the earth where that the world this time will burn with fire. Remember that just as God takes the, the, um, uh, the man through, through the water, the blood, and the spirit, so he did the same thing with the earth in redemption of the earth. He baptized it in water in the days of Noah, and then he, he, he shed his blood upon it in the days of Jesus, and then the fire will come upon the earth to cleanse it from all sin. Now, so you see, these, these to Abraham was not multiple deities, but it was the same God just changing his mask. Now, Jesus does the same thing when he reveals himself in his sonship. He will come in various different administrations. And in these administrations, he comes in three sons' names. 
Now he comes as son of man. That is God, the God prophet. He comes as son of God. That was him as the Holy Ghost through the seven ages. And then he comes as the son of David. And in the millennium, Jesus will be as with his bride and will reign with him. And he will be the son of David. So he comes in three sons' names. That's son of, son of man, son of God, and then son of David. Now, this son of man, of course, is used many times in the Old Testament, and, uh, and it always is referring to man's flesh or the dust. And God called the prophet Ezekiel son of man 93 times. And this is where it gets so identified with the prophetic office. In this way, you see, God was actually simply calling Ezekiel a human being. It literally means son of dust. Man is Adam, or who came from the dust, right? So when he's saying son of man, he's saying son of Adam or son of dust. And so it literally means son of dust. So son of man is an indirect term for human. God became man or human in Jesus Christ, and for he was truly a human being, Yet he was fully man, yet he was fully God. God literally came in the flesh. His body was a temple for the fullness of God, for the Father to dwell in that body. Hence, he was called the Son. So now just as God gathered the dust and made a body and dwelled in it, there in the days of Abraham, think of this, God came down in human flesh. He would sit down under the tree. He would eat a meal with him. He would talk face to face with Abraham as a friend. Are you with me? Now, so in, in this, to do this, God gathered dust and made a body and stepped in it. And he came down for just a few hours now to visit with Abraham. And he's revealing himself in dust as son of man. So he is revealing himself in dust. And he is is there explaining to him, giving him the revelation for the end time. How that Sodom would be burned. How that there would be a people called out. Amen. That would be saved. Amen. How there would be an Abraham's group that would not be a part of Sodom. And they would receive the promised son. In order to do that, their bodies would be changed. And so all of these things were fitting in the prophecy as God was using Abraham to prophesy of end time events. Now, so just as God gathered dust in the days of Abraham, made a body and dwelt in it, even so the dust of the man called Jesus was made for the purpose of God so that he could become flesh for redemption. Now, so while Jesus was here, he, he, he seldom referred to himself as son of God. Only five times in John's gospel throughout the Bible did Jesus refer to himself. Others did refer to him. Devils referred to him as son of God. You know, see, our, our pilot would ask, are you the son of God? All of these others, but Jesus only referred to himself five times as son of God. But he refers to himself as son of man 88 times in the New Testament. Son of man would be the primary title that Jesus used when he referred to himself. 
Now, and of course, this, this is because Son of God speaks of the Holy Spirit, for God is a spirit. And to be Son of God is the spirit that came out of him. But Son of Man, in contrast, it focuses on the humanity of Jesus Christ and his work as the God prophet, the seer. So here he would come in a, in a, in a, a visitation of God coming down and this time not just, not just coming down for a few minutes and, or a few hours and sitting there to, uh, under an oak tree, but now God would come and tabernacle with man. Amen. He would, he, would, he would come as a baby. God gathered again the dust for God to come and live in. And then that baby would come on up and there he would reach this point in his ministry. Just before that he would go into his ministry, he would be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And the Father would come and dwell in him. Heaven and earth there would be united together and reconciled together. Because man and God had been separated because of sin. But in the man Christ Jesus now, heaven and earth comes together again. This time for the purpose of redemption. Amen. So that he could start a new race. Amen. That he could be start a new race in which he would use other dust to give praise to his name. Now, so again, just before the, before the fire falls, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, who is the Son of Man? He is the Word. That's who Jesus was. He was the Word made flesh. Amen. So even thus shall it be when the Word is revealed. And it would be revealed where? In human flesh. Amen. So now, again, just as the appearing to Abraham was the fullness of all his previous revelations. Oh my, he had received a divine call, came out of the earth of the Chaldeans. He had received the blood offering and, and taught how to worship. And then he would meet the El Shaddai. And all of, all of these great experiences and previous revelations was, was wonderful, but now he was the fullness of it. And in the fullness of it, it would, would be revealed. And, and that's exactly what happened with Christ. There had been many appearings of God. He appeared in Moses. He would appear in, in Joshua. He would appear down to the ages. And he would use men. He would anoint that dust because he couldn't dwell in that dust. Because the blood had not been shed for God to dwell in man. But, once, but notice he would come and he would anoint dust. To speak his word. You think, you think of this. Moses dust. Calling. Using the word of God. Calling out of dust. Creating out of dust. Flies. Fleas. Plagues. Everything else coming. Because a man was so anointed. His dust became so anointed with God. Until God used the lips of dust. Now. This same thing happens in the end time. Because again, the fullness as it was in Christ becomes now to where we are not in a partial revealing of Christ. We are now in the fullness of the revealing of Christ. 
You talk about revival, friends. There have been revivals before, but this is not just another revival. This is the fullness of all of the revivals. Amen. God pouring out his spirit. So you see, this same thing happens as God reveals himself. The word is revealed. The mysteries are made known. The word becomes flesh, but this time in bride form. And then that dust becomes glorified. You can look at your dust this morning. And you can know that it's going to be glorified. Hallelujah. And then once it's glorified, it's going to be translated. Amen. It'll appear and then it'll disappear. Amen. So you see the word, the word becomes flesh in the bride form and, the, and he will be glorified in his saints in the same day that he's revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Now, the revealing of the son of man, that's Christ, is God God would do that. He would reveal the Son of Man, and it would be a prophet or a Son of Man to reveal the Son of Man. And the Son of Man, Christ, was revealed then through a prophet, but the revealing of the Son of Man is much more than that. This is where our mistake has been. We are, we've been able to see the prophet and the prophetic office. But I want to, I want to get, bring that a step further and realize the Son of Man is still being revealed. Amen. That Christ is now still being revealed in dust. Amen. Now, here in this end time, before the fire fall, God's appeared. Now, now his appearing is not his coming. His coming will meet him in the air. But God appears, and where he's appearing is in bride form. Amen. Now, in his bride, they, just like in Abraham's camp, there was a seer. Abraham was a prophet. Amen. He was the eyes of the body. And the seer catches the revelation from God and reveals the mystery to the bride body. Amen. The bride has eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying because there is a prophet, a seer in the midst. I want you to understand, you see things today that you'd have never seen except through the eyes of that eagle. Amen. Except for a prophetic anointing and a prophetic office. Unless it changed from reformer to prophet. Because we've had reformers down through the ages. But in this day it changes from reformer because God's not reforming a church. To prophet. Because God's stepping into a church. Amen. So the appearing of the Lord Abraham, it would confirm to him the coming of the soon coming of the son, Isaac, the promised son. It would show him the salvation of Lot, the church. It would show him the destruction of Sodom in the appearing of Jehovah to Abraham was the revealing of the mysteries. Remember, he's not just coming. He's not just appearing just to show up. He's doing something. He's bringing a faith to turn their hearts toward the revelation, toward the coming of the promised son, toward the, the preparation before the fire falls. 
Come on, somebody. Now, it's been the dispensation of the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, down through the church ages. And, and that was because it was giving portions of his spirit. There would be a portion given of justification. That was the Holy Ghost to Luther. And then there would be a greater portion of sanctification and gifts of the Spirit. But then in the last day, the dispensation changes. Amen. With the fullness of that same Spirit, with power, with demonstration, and with revelation. Now, the same Holy Spirit reveals himself in the final outpouring of the Spirit before the promised Son comes. In the dispensation of the Son of Man, Christ is revealed not just to his bride, but in his bride. Amen. Now, the revealing of the Son of Man, I want to get this to you, the revealing of the Son of Man is not the revealing of Brother Branham. It is the revealing of the Word. The Word coming to a prophet. Amen. The man who held the office of a prophet is gone. But I want to declare to you the prophet is still here. Oh, don't let that go over your head now. Amen. You know, I want to say it again. The man who held the office of a prophet is gone. God took him home. Been gone for nearly 60 years. Amen. But the prophet is still here. The Son of Man is the same Holy Spirit that worked down through the ages, but now with a prophetic administration. Same Holy Ghost that was in Luther, Wesley, Azusa Street, but now here in the fullness with a prophetic administration. And as long as the Holy Ghost is here, the prophet is still here. Amen. Now, the way of a true prophet, Brother Branham said this, Heavenly Father, speak again. Roar forth, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. He is the prophet of the hour. He is the prophet of the day, trying to find his way into the hearts of men and women that he could speak truth. And I'm sure, I'm so glad he's finding some. Aren't you glad he found you? Amen. But you see, the Holy Spirit, he said, is the prophet of today. And he's trying to find his way in the hearts of men and women that he can speak truth. And then again, he tells us in investment, he said, Jesus said in these days, he, which is a personal pronoun, he, the Holy Ghost, when he has come upon you, come to you, he will show you these things that I have taught you and will show you things to come. Remains the same thing. The Holy Spirit is the prophet among us today. The Holy Spirit is the prophet. Anointed ones in the end time. The Holy Spirit is the prophet of this hour. He is vindicating his word, proving it. Now, of course, when Brother Branham was here, he held the office of the seventh angel. And as Malachi 4, the Elijah prophet, he was definitely in the office of a prophet. But I want you to know that was never his revelations. That was never his mystery truths. 
That was never from the mind of a man. That was the mind of Almighty God speaking through a man. God used his dust to be able for us to identify God's appearing in this last day. Now, so he, the Holy Spirit, is the prophet of the hour. And I just want to declare to you again, the prophet is still here. Amen. He is the Holy Ghost. And as son of man, he is still uh, using flesh to appear in. Now, the mysteries of God are revealed only to a prophetic class of people. I want you to understand something. Our book is the closing book of the Bible. That was specifically to us. Nobody else would understand the messages to to Ephesus, Smyrna, who their messengers was, and all the way down to the end of the church ages. Nobody else would understand the mystery of the seven seals. It was something that was hid. And the book was closed. Somebody with me? Amen. So again, this is why the book of Revelation is the bride's book. And why the understanding comes only to her. I know that sounds exclusive, but Jesus made it pretty exclusive. He said it's given to her to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus said, this is why I speak in parables. This is why he he made a parabolic book, the book of Revelation. It would be symbolic. It would be in parables. It would not be understood until the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he should begin to sound through the last church age. Amen. And And then he would... He, he would make it known, but until then, it's just parables. It's everybody's guess. That's why we got hundreds of books written on the book of Revelation, and every one of them are different. Because why? It was God used symbols, because it wasn't given for everybody to know. God reserved it to an end-time people. I want you to understand, you are a special elected group of people where God is doing something more than what he's done in previous ages for in this age is the fullness of God made known where others partly had him partly understood him partly revealed now in the evening time it shall be light light will shine on scripture that has never shown them before Things that were kept, kept and made silent. Shh, don't reveal it. It'll be made known in the days of the seventh angel. You realize if Brother Branham did not reveal the seven thunders, then he could not be the, the messengers of, of Revelation 10, 7. Come on, somebody. If, if that was not revealed to him, he was not the messenger. Amen. Now, then if it's not made known to you, the bride people, you're not the bride. Think about it. It's your mystery. It's your revelation. It's your truth that is given to bring a change to your body. 
mysteries of God are revealed to a prophetic class. I'm talking about the bride now. She's not just any class. She's a prophetic class. She's not a justified class or sanctified class or gift class. She is what? She is wherever mystery has been made known to her. She's a prophetic class. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. And the disciples said unto him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? Now, this is why he said, Why, did you, why didn't you just write this? You know, why, why didn't God take the book of Revelation and say, Now, look, I'm going to explain this. Here, uh, Ephesus, uh, that's a, a city uh, in Asia and Smyrna, but they're all representation of ages that will come. And there's going to be 2,000 years between my coming and my return. And you're going to go through seven church ages. And at the end of those ages, I'm going to come back. Why didn't God just show out the whole plan? Because Satan had done a lot of damage with it. You see, if he had showed back then that it would be 2,000 years, then what about the church would have been lax, lethargic. Oh, well, you know, we might as well just tarry till he comes. Just, just think of what effect that it's made on you as you have tarried for a while and how the emphasis changing from, from um, waiting are looking and with expectation for his coming to waiting for his coming. What happens in the wait? People lose faith. They get distracted. They look at other things. Come on, somebody. Amen. So again, Satan would have done great damage with it. So when he wrote our book, he wrote it in mysteries. And these mysteries could not be revealed until a prophetic class came who could understand them. And in that day, the Son of Man, the Word, would be revealed. Now, so he said, why do you speak to them in parables? He said, Unto them, because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them is not given. So now, I want you to get the stop just a minute. It's not given to everybody. And even in that day, it wasn't given to everybody. It was Abraham and his group. Abraham and Sarah and their 300 or whatever they was, you know, that little group received the revelation. We're going to get a body change. We're going to have a promised son. Amen. Sodom's going to burn. Lot's going to be called out. The mysteries would be revealed to what? A little group. You know why? Because they were the friend of God. Not a friend of the world. A friend of God. Listen just for a moment. John 15, 15, Jesus even said from now on or henceforth, I call you not servants. We're not just slaves of a church. We're not bondswomen. I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth. 
but I have called you friends. Here's the definition of friend. For all things I've heard of my father, I've made known unto you. And if you look in James 2, chapter 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled which said that Abraham believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he, for, and he was called the friend of God. So I want you to get it. He's not revealing himself to everybody. This is an unveiling of God, but he's not unveiling himself to everybody. He's unveiling himself to his friends. Amen. Now, in the appearing of the Lord to Abraham, he had come to reveal the mysteries of the end time plan. Now, not only was he revealing the end of Sodom and the end of Sarah's barrenness and the coming son, but he was actually using that to prophesy of the end time. Now, and he does this friend to friend. He comes down and sits with Abraham under the oak tree as a friend. He reveals things to Abraham as a friend. Seeing you're going to inherit all things. Seeing that you're going to be a great nation. Seeing who you are. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. Now, if you think of this in Christ the mystery, Brother Brandon said God's great mystery, what the eternal God had as a mystery has now been unfolded in Jesus Christ and then given right down to his church. What was once in God's mind is now in the body of Christ. Jesus making love to the church, his bride whispering secrets to her. You know how you tell your wife things, you know, the little girl you're going to marry, you love her so much, you just tell her the secrets and you get her up next to you and love and everything. You know how it is. That's what Christ, God Christ is doing to the church. He's letting her know the secrets. Not these flirters, he says. I mean his wife. Amen. Now, but by having the revelation of his secret made known to him by his grace. I want you to know that's grace that's been imparted to you. That's the mercies of God being imparted to you. Amen. So what, what is it? Now, why won't the rest of them receive it? Because they got ears and they can't hear and they got eyes, but they can't see. Because they shut them up. Amen. Isaiah said they couldn't see. The, the last church age said they would be blind. Now, let's go to Isaiah 29 and verse 10. And let's just look at this, at, in this Bible prophecy. For the Lord had poured out upon you the spirit of, of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, has he covered so here as the darkness comes, God allows the darkness in this end time. And it will close, it'll be a spirit of deep sleep upon the people. And I'll tell you, it was the same with you. Just like it was with Zechariah. Somebody help me preach now. In the book of Zechariah, what was it? There were things that was already there 
But it took an awakening of an angel. And when he, he said he awakened me as a man is awakened out of his sleep. That's what God did in this day. He sent a message to you who was sleeping just like the foolish was sleeping. But God wouldn't let you sleep on. Come on. There was a midnight cry that said, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. And it stirred you from your slumber. Hallelujah. And when Zechariah's eyes was open, he said, and I saw seven golden candlesticks. And he said, I saw them all feeding from olive trees. A direct fly, a direct line from the olive trees itself. Amen. Never runs out. Amen. The fire never goes out. The supply is unlimited. The supply will never end. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Why? It's an unlimited supply. And he said, I'm telling you, the supply of the oil, the Holy Spirit, is unlimited. It'll do beyond what you can think or ask. It'll cause your body to change and gray hair go back the right color and the wrinkles to fall off your face and you'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But he said, the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. Close your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, has he covered. This is a condition. People are trying to understand what's happening. What's happening over here in Ukraine? And why is Russia doing that? And they can't, they can't see the moving of, of, of Rome and what's going on here and the condition of the church. Why is it their seers he hath covered? Their prophets and rulers he hath covered. He has closed their eyes. He's allowed a, a spirit of darkness to come out in this last day. As he gave in Revelation 9 said, I saw a star fall from heaven. And the hymn was given the key to the bottomless pit. And out of there, there was smoke that rose out of the bottomless pit. Is somebody with me? And that calls said blinding delusion. And the last day, there is not, not just a few people following the prophet that's going to be deceived. The whole world is going to be deceived. The Bible said every person whose name is not on the Lamb's book of life will be deceived. So we're talking about a wholesale deception. Even the crowning of Satan after the bridegroom will be looked on as a good thing. They will actually invite Satan to have rule over them. For the Lord has poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. And it closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers and the seers has he covered. Look what happened down in Sodom. What happened? They went blind. The preaching of the word, Brother Branham said, caused them to go blind. And the preaching of easy believism has put so many to sleep. But you're not of that. Amen. You, you, are, you are there where there is 
mouths of people with eyes that can see and ears that hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Look at verse 11. And the vision of all has become to you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, somebody that is educated, come from the seminaries and says, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I cannot, it's sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I'm not learned. I don't know what this means. I don't understand what this book is saying. I don't see, I don't see anything. I mean, you know, men said uh, John had a nightmare. Or he ate something that night. It just made him, made him sick and he had illusions. We can't understand it. And the learned, those from a seminary, said, well, hey, we can't read this. We're not sure about what it says. Because, you know, we just don't know. We're learned. We're in the seminaries. But even we don't understand it. And those that, that are not in the seminary, that is not learned, said, I can't do it. I've never been to seminary. I have no clue what's in this book. But it's the bride's book. And it's given to somebody. God didn't put it in the Bible just for it to occupy a little space at the end of the Bible. He did it for the end time people where they would be an appearing of God and his fullness poured out and the Son of Man would be revealed. So he says, where unto wherefore? The Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear taught toward me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of man. This is, this is what he said here. They got ears, but they're not here. They can't. They don't have the ability here. They're not, they're not of a prophetic class. You see, Lot even couldn't hear what was going on going down in Sodom. He could, you know, when he, when he pitched his tents toward Sodom, he could, not, he could not hear the cries of those who would burn. He could not see the destruction that was going on. He could not see the sin that would so contaminate his family until his daughters there would have this wild idea after it's all over and they're saved out of it to have children by him. You know, they, he could not see it going that direction. But aren't you glad today you can see what direction the world is going? And you don't have to look at CNN or Fox News to know it. Some of you are worried about looking at the news and keeping up with the news. Keep up with the news. Look right into this book. It tells you who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. Now, so Brother Bradham tells us, he said, the book of Revelation has more symbols than all the rest of the books of the Bible. More symbols because it's a book of prophecy. And you know, if it's a book of prophecy, then it takes a prophet to reveal it. It is a prophetic book. Therefore, it's not 
it has to be understood by a prophetic class. This book is not meant for everybody. There's nobody can understand it hardly. The book is made for a certain class of people. Look at, look at them. Look at the world today. Wow, the seven seals. We don't know what they are. They're not revealed. The seals aren't open. The mysteries are not made known. Ask them in any denomination. Are you with me? Amen. It's not known. It's still a sealed book. But not to you. The seals have been removed. And the book is now open to you. Hallelujah. And every mystery of God pertaining to the bride has been revealed to an end time people through an open book. That's why we preach we are the people of the open book, not the sealed book, but the open book. So he says this book's not meant for everybody. There's nobody can understand that the book is made for a certain class of people. On over in Deuteronomy, he said the hidden things belong to the Lord. That's right. And he reveals them to his children, the hidden things. So if you look in Deuteronomy 29, 29, you'll see where he's pulling this from. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us. And to our children forever that we may do the words of the law. Isn't that amazing? The secret things belong to God. And he held them in his mind for how many years? Until the last day. And then in this appearing, he would come and share with his friends. Hallelujah. His elect, also called his bride, a prophetic class. He would share with them the mysteries. And they're no longer mysteries. That's why I say I hate to hear mystery preachers preach. Because when they get through, it's still a mystery. We don't preach mysteries. We preach revelation. Amen. But Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty five, he said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Amen. Everyone that's been born again had to be a baby. So to the born again is the one he reveals them to. Now, the carnal mind cannot comprehend the great things of the Scripture. It's just foolish to them. You know, but the ones that are the lovers of the Word, that's who wrote the book, and that's who, or excuse me, that's who the book was written to, to the church. Those that are lovers of the Word, those that are friends of God, those who said, I'm not a bond slave. I'm not a bondswoman. I'm his friend. And as his friend, he reveals all things. Now, 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the only way you're going to know is by the Holy Ghost. Paul would say in this same thing, he said, the princes of this world was blinded, therefore they crucified Christ because had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lamb of Glory. So Brother Branham tells us in the church age book, as he starts in on the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
said, you remember I mentioned at the beginning of this message that this book we're studying is actual revelation of Jesus himself in the church and his work in the future ages. Then I mentioned that it takes the Holy Spirit to give us revelation or we fail to get it. Bringing these thoughts together, you see, you will see it won't take just ordinary study and thinking to make this book real. It's going to take the operation of the Holy Ghost. That means that this book can't be revealed to anyone but a special class of people. It will take one with prophetic insight. It will require the ability to hear from God. It will require supernatural instruction, not just a a student comparing verse with verse, so that's good, but a mystery requires the teaching of the Spirit or it never becomes clear. So how we need to hear from God and lay ourselves open and become yielded to the Spirit to hear and to know. This is why Brother Brandon said we ought to call on God for revelation more than anything else. This is why Abraham sitting in the tent door looking out watching for the appearing. That's what prophets do. And I'm talking to a prophetic class that have an expectation. Oh my, we, we ought to have a more expectation of just being a church, just occupying a pew, being a denominational member. Come on, somebody. We ought to have a greater expectation than that. We ought to be expecting him, Lord, come walk with me as a friend and reveal the secrets of your heart. Whisper the love secrets to me. Tell you what, if you'd sit with your eyes open, you'd get a revealing even in this service. Amen. If you get and shake off the sleep of Laodicea, you'd get an awakening. And then you would begin to see things. Now, the same fullness of God would be in dust again. But this time, not as one man as it was with Jesus but in the flesh body of his bride. I want you to understand, because the Son of Man will be revealed in human flesh, not just Brother Branham, but in the the bride body, the flesh of the bride. I'm gonna share with you some things today from that, but you see, in the, in the, in the, the prophecy of Abraham, God gathered potash and calcium and cosmic light and clay and all the elements needed to make a body and he stepped into it. Are you with me? Now, we, we too have grown up through the ages and God has been gathering elements to make a mature bride that he's gonna step into. Amen. He found a little justification with Luther. A little sanctification with Wesley. It's like the wheat plant growing from seed to stalk and to tassel to shuck and back to seed again. You see, the fullness of the life comes back into the seed. It's where the fullness of God becomes revealed one more time at the end time. The gospel started out with Christ as a seed and it must end with the bride of Christ as a seed. This is why I keep telling you over and over again 
You know, we look for the coming of Christ, but he's got to come in bride form for there to be a people to meet him in the air. So before he can come there, he's got to come in you first. So this is where he's pouring out his spirit is in a bride people. Now watch him proving his word. He said, you believe we're living in the last days the son of man was to be revealed or manifested. That would be all the word gathered up through Luther, Wesley, Baptist, all of that, the Pentecostal, gathered up into the revelation of what has been. The seventh, seal, the seventh angel was to open the sixth seal mystery. It's all to be gathered up into the son of man. Listen, all of this gathered up into the word, all this gathered up into a bride, all of this manifesting Christ. The son of man, his time of fullness has come to the fullness of his word to manifest the fullness of his body. That's the word then that was spoken, the spoken word made manifest by the word. And again, he said, there is no leaven among you. In other words, it's not a mixed up message. It doesn't have creeds of man and dogmas of man. You know why you want it that way? Because leaven there makes it a little more palatable, a little more pleasing. But God said in my communion, it's unleavened bread. There's nothing mixed with it. It's just pure word. It may be a little more coarse and a little harder to get down, but it's pure word. There's nothing added to it, nothing taken out of it. Unleavened bread. Are you with me? Amen. And he said, no leaven among you. And he said, that brings the entire fullness of the Godhead bodily among you. (sighs) No leaven. Nothing mixed in it. And that brings the fullness of the Godhead bodily among you. Couldn't do it in Luther's age. Couldn't do it in Wesley's age. Couldn't do it in Pentecostal age. But in the day when the Son of Man will be manifested, revealed, brought back to the church to brought back the church together with the entire deity of God amongst his people, showing the same visible signs, manifesting himself like he did at the beginning when he was manifested on earth in the form of a prophet God, glory, promised by Malachi 4, promised by the rest of the scriptures. All of this has been promised for the last day. Come on, somebody. What's he doing? Bringing the entire deity of God, all the word into one body. Luther had a part and Wesley had a part. But this isn't a part. This is the fullness. And the fullness of his word comes in the fullness of his church. And when it does there, it has the same visible signs, manifests himself like he did in the beginning when he was manifest on earth in the form of prophet God. So the same ministry of Jesus Christ repeats But this time, it won't be the man of Galilee. It'll be you, 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 and you, and you. Amen. Not individually, but together as the body of Christ. Manifesting Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we can't deny one word. Amen. Now, so when, when he says... He said, first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and to bring that fullness of the Godhead bodily into a people. Look what God's doing. His fullness. Not a portion of the word. Come on, church. 
Let me describe it like this. Some, sometimes an illustration will help. But it's kind of like 10 blind men. 10 blind men trying to, to describe an elephant. And each one of them, they're all blind and they're all trying to feel, you know, and find out. Remember, it's the age of blindness. And the understanding is not there because you can't see the picture. So one goes over here and he, he, he feels the, 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 the side of the elephant. And he said, I'll tell you boys what the elephant is. It's a big, uh, rough, leathery uh, wall. Another old gets over there and he's got to hold the tail. And life, that denomination don't have it. They ain't got the truth. I tell you, I tell you, it's a rope. That's what an elephant is. It's a rope. I got it right here in my hand. I got that revelation. It's a rope. And they, you know, the other one comes over here and he reaches over, he gets an ivy tusk. He said, you, all of you other denominations, you're crazy. You don't have any truth at all. Well, an elephant is a big, it's a hard substance with a long and, and, and it's got this slick feel and it ends with a point. You guys don't know nothing. You see, they're all seeing a part, but without eyes, they can't see the whole. So what God did to you was sent and made you a prophetic class of people and sent you a prophet. And all them loose ends said it is a tale. You know, there is baptism, but it's got to be in the name of Jesus Christ. And there is a tusk. There is a power of God in the church. And it is a wall. And it is this. It's all of this tied into one message. And that's what God did for you. Brought the fullness of the different appearings into one message so that you could receive the fullness of God. Now, so God expressed in Jesus Christ who was both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead on a bodily body. Now, the, now the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in his church, the preeminence, all that God was. Just look at what he was. He poured into Christ. He was the Psalms of David, the wisdom of Solomon. Come on, the prophecies of the prophets. He was all of them. Joseph would type him out. Abraham would type him out. All of them. And he was the embodiment of all of those words, the fullness of the word in one body. Now, what I'm telling you that all that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, he has poured into the church. The believers. So all the appearings of God in the past are now made manifest in one body called the bride. Because she's a prophetic class. Because the prophet is here. The eyes. Now, he said in Christ is revealing his own words. See, down to the age, we start out from the foundation. 
When the first church age, when the seed went in the ground, the complete seed, then it went out to the feet and Luther come out to Wesley and then to Pentecostal, the tongues in the lips. And now it's in the eyes, the prophetic Malachi 4. Malachi 4, not just a prophet, but turning hearts of the children back to faith, giving them the vision, seeing God's plan. And he said, and now, and now there's nothing else left for it to come but for himself to step into that. Hallelujah. Because that's the last thing there is. Listen, again, I want to just say it again. The last thing, he steps into that. Amen. We've had Malachi 4. We've had the prophetic eyes. We've had the tongues through Pentecost. Somebody help me preach. Amen. But this is where we're at is now the body is complete. And what happens? God steps into a people and glorifies their dust. said he's governed the body all the way through, but then the complete body of Christ is revealed in the form of the bride that was taken out of his side like Adam's was at the beginning. Now, God in that day had to create a body. Even in the days of Jesus, he had to create a body. Jesus was the creation of God. God created in the womb of Mary a blood cell. Live dust collected around that and made a body. Is that right? But he doesn't have to create now. You see, you see, why don't he have to create? Because he has now redeemed dust. Through his blood, through the shedding of his blood, he has redeemed your blood or he has redeemed your flesh. So he can use your flesh in a greater way than he did Moses. He can anoint that, but now he can come and step into your body. Hallelujah. And Brother Brandon said he can now use my flesh the same as he could create some. Because he made me anyhow, he can use your flesh. He created and made you. Don't you think that? Now if you'll just open up your heart and get yourself out of the way, he'll come in and can use you. He's the same God. He gives the same signs. Hallelujah, think about that. Then he can come into, if you open your heart, he can come into your flesh just like he did come into Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. And he said, the angel of the Lord is here. He's Jehovah God in your flesh. He's Jehovah God in my flesh. I want you to know Brother Branham didn't just leave it that Jehovah's in my flesh. He was not the fullness of the Godhead in a body called William Branham. The fullness of the Godhead was not being poured out in one man. It was poured out into one body and that body is the church, the bride. Now God wants to use your dust. That's who's he appearing in. He's appearing in his church in this last day. He's appearing showing the same signs. That's the same attitude toward the sick that he had. That's the same power, the same deity, the same God. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Speaks in tongues just like they did. It shouts just like they did. Hallelujah. Sees visions just like they did. And why? Because now he's not using that body. He's using your body. And the ministry of Christ is here and it is on display in bride form. The son of man. Watch now. In the trial, he said, I challenge you to believe. Here's the challenge. I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of son of man in human flesh through the bride's body. Where's he going to be revealed? Son of man's going to be revealed where? Through the bride's body. Oh, I I thought, you know, it was only in Brother Branham. No, it's in the bride's body. This is where he's revealing himself. Sure, he revealed himself in that prophetic office. Sure, he he used his voice. But that's not where his voice is. Now, alone, it's in a bride-elect people. Amen. His earthly ministry continues. Go wake Jesus, Brother Branham said. I believe his earthly ministry has never ceased because he's in his people now. Amen. We ought to see him the same in every detail except his corporal body. Amen. Because now his body is not here. We cannot reach out and touch the nail-scarred one. Amen. But God can use your body to heal the sick. He can use your body to cast out devils. He can use you to speak with new tongues. Prophecy can come through your mouth. Amen. Spoken words, original seed. He said the word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. And she does it in his name. She has, thus saith the Lord. She and then it's germatized, so the Holy Spirit waters it till it's grown and serves its purpose. They will do only his will. Amen. I believe that no one can persuade them different. They have thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. They will do the works of God, for it is himself in them, continuing his word to fulfill as he, Jesus, did did not complete all things when he was here for it was not yet time but now his ministry is about to be completed where is he going to be completed in his body in his bride he couldn't do all of that back then come on he had to go away and be an intercessor but, but here he comes again in this last day in human flesh to use your body to make devils obey, to cast Satan out, to speak with new tongues, to heal the sick. Come on, church. Amen. Why? Why? Because it's the maturity of the ages. Brother Branham said it's the same grain that went in the ground, the same Jesus. Somebody say, same Jesus in bride form. The same Jesus in bride form, not another Jesus. It's God just simply changing his mask. And to think about it in God's great divine drama, you are the last players on the stage to bring together the glorious crescendo and 
the ending of the drama, hallelujah, when we're caught off the stage of this earth and raptured in the glory. Hallelujah. And God chose you to be the last players, the last mask that he would use in this end time. The same Jesus in bride form. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. The same ministry continues. Amen. Why? Because he has anointed us with the Holy Spirit and power. Come on, somebody. He went about doing good and healing all of those that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. So, uh, you know, there again, Brother Branham would say, he would say about this. He said, now, if he can reveal by, my, by his Holy Spirit the resurrected Christ who, ca- who came here and give me a temporary resurrection by my spirit, that my spirit goes away and his spirit comes down, then let you know whether he's alive or not. Now, I don't know you, but that's, that's me and my spirit. We don't know you, but he knows you. What's now? But he wants to borrow my body to prove he's a resurrected Christ. And he said, I'm so happy to loan it to him, give it to him, anything he can get out of it. That ought to be the same attitude that you have this morning. Amen. He wants to borrow your body. He wants to use your mask to display his deity, his overcoming power. Amen. And to prove he's a resurrected Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, this same thing happens, you know, when we preach the word, when the word is preached. If a man's truly anointed of the Spirit of God preaching the word, it's the same thing. It's God going forth with his own word. So through the ages, it's been the dispensation of the Holy Ghost being poured out. I like to review the book of Acts and then Joel's prophecy for a moment. Acts chapter 2, 17. For, and it shall come to pass in the last days. I mean, knows what last days mean. So Brother Tim, that's just this day. No, last days is the last 2,000 years. Day with the Lord is 1,000 years. And the last days in the seven church ages, God has been pouring out his spirit. And he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants, on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Now this pouring out of the spirit of God brings restoration. Now look here in Joel chapter two, verse three. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you, or he will pour out, there's going to be outpourings of my spirit, the rain, the former rain, the latter rain, the first month. What will it do? It's going to bring the wheat to harvest, and the floor shall be full of wheat. 
and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Hallelujah. You know what wine and oil is, don't you? Amen. It's revelation of stimulation. Is that right? Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. It's what God called out and said, don't hurt the oil and the wine. You leave that alone, you're messing with me. You take the shout out of the church, you're messing with me. You take stimulation or revelation out of the church, you're messing with me. Amen. Don't you touch the oil and the wine. Are you with me? And in this harvest time, the floors shall be full of wheat. Hallelujah. And the fat shall overflow. Hallelujah. Amen. Not just a shout on Sunday and a a shout on occasional Wednesday, but a shout. The shout of the king in the church. Amen. Amen. Revelation and then stimulation of revelation. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness, church. You know, when you think about that, you've got to realize that we're fulfilling the prophecy of David, too. David went out to kill a Goliath. Brother Brandon said, when I went out in the meeting, said my last sermon to the church was, there's a Goliath out there who says the days of miracles are past. And there's no such thing as divine healing anymore. He said, but I'd go out to slay him. And he said, when I slayed him, others took courage. And there were men like Oral Robertson and and T.L. Osborne and, and different ones that they took courage. And they went out and slayed giants too. Amen. But it seems like anymore we got to go back and kill the same old giants again. Now, Goliath didn't raise from the dead. It's just his brothers. But there's some David's mighty men that are right here in this church. Amen. That are ready to go out and kill that Goliath that says days of miracles are past and God don't do that anymore. Amen. And that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is just an intellectual conception. No, sir, we're not going to take that. He said, little David got it. He said, David was a dancer. And he got to dancing out there. Amen. With his sling. And he let a little rock go. There was a hidden power in him. And that hidden power got a hold of that stone and brought the giant down. I tell you, it's about time there's some more dancers. Hallelujah. Of people who know their God. Who people who go out to meet Goliath. Hallelujah. Who said we're not going to let that dog stay around here. We're taking his head off. We're going to have victory in the church. Because the son of man is being revealed in pride body. Let him use my flesh to praise him. Let him use my flesh to sling a stone. Let him use me to declare his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe that this morning? Amen. Let's just all stand together and realize where we are at this time. God wants to use your body. That's where he's now being revealed in a bride body. And in that bride there will be signs, wonders, truths revealed, the mysteries of God made known. Hallelujah. Things to rejoice over. Things to shout about. Amen. We're not just empty bubble dancers. Amen. We've got something to shout about. We got something to rejoice about.
Hallelujah. And when I'm shouting, I'm shouting from a heart that's been washed clean. And when I when I run, just know I'm running from a from a past that's been redeemed. Hallelujah. And I'm like Abraham was. When I see him appearing, I run toward him. Amen. Run. Leave your past behind. Leave sin behind. Leave pornography behind. Leave adultery behind. Leave their own worldly music behind. And run. Run toward him. Because he's making his appearing. There's no way to keep us silent. Every breath is a way to testify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You remember with El Shaddai, you remember what he put that H in Sarah's name. Put that H in Abraham's name. It was the breath of God he was putting there. H. H. Amen. And every time you breathe, hallelujah, you're speaking God's name. Breath. God's breath coming out of your life. Amen. Here to display his deity. Here to display his righteousness. My past is a race. My name he has changed. Sarah, has your name been changed? Your name ain't barren anymore. Your name ain't defeated anymore. Hallelujah. Your name is redeemed. Called, chosen, selected. The mystery of God being revealed. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's worship him together. Who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear? For anyone who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fears and dry their tears. For any life when empty and now finds itself alive and full of songs, victory songs. And then you'll understand the reason for the way the saints of God may carry on.
his presence. Amen. You hold my every moment. You call my regency. You hold my Yes, Jesus. You call my You walk with me.
the name of the Lord. I believe he's more than enough. Not just enough, he's more than enough. Hallelujah, we're thankful for that. I want to sing that course, He Became Me, that I might become Him by grace. Amen. Before we go, but I just want to say it's been a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. And come back again Wednesday, expecting, believing. Amen. God to move in our midst and touch hearts and lives. Today, if you're available, it would be very wonderful to help Brother Matt and his family to be able to move their things into their home. They're, they live on, they're moving to Deer Creek Road. It's right on off of a Country Club, but put that in. You'll be able to find it, I'm sure. If not, see Brother Michael or Brother Matt afterwards. I would like to meet this afternoon about 5 o'clock to do that. So if you could help them unload the truck, it would be a great blessing to them, I know. And just wonderful specials today. We appreciate that. Sister Lindsay, God bless you. Johnson City for singing for us today. Amen. This Wednesday, we're going to have some more good specials. We're going to have Sister Laura's going to sing for us. And Sister Adriana that's visiting with us right now. And uh, She's temporary a visitor, but amen. But she's going to sing for us Wednesday night as well. So we're looking forward to that. I'm just going to put my list in, all right? So we're looking forward to that. Amen. God bless you today. Let's just sing this as we go. He became me. He became me that I might become him by grace. He became me that I Yeah. Uh-huh.